The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Sooner or Later Sports Show. I am your host, Jay, part of the Belly Up Network. I appreciate y'all pulling up here to the YouTube channel. And thank you for listening to us wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're here, go ahead and hit that like button. If you're new, hit the subscribe button and the bell notification. That way you don't miss the notification whenever this show is going live. We've got an awesome show for you all here on this Father's Day Sunday. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers, the dads, the daddies, the pawpaws, all of that jazz that you can imagine. And so we're looking forward to chopping it up with you all. We have a couple of guests that's going to join us here on the show today. We bring them right in. We got Jason from Hall of Fame Media. Jason, what's going on? What's up? What's up? What's up, man? <laughs> happy Father's pretty, Day. Happy Father's Day to you as well. And we're going to bring in the new pops into the group. Our boy Chris. Hey, pops. New pops. Congratulations, pops. <laughs> From the Horns and Pops cast. <laughs> we'll go ahead and do the, the traditional deal. Go ahead and go around the line and let everybody know where they can find you. Jason, lead the way. Hey, Jason Watkins, Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. You can find me at at cfb-pod on youtube or birdie man dub on twitter and then ho would just be hall of fame media hof media.us yep yep chris tell the people where they can find you especially for the listeners hey horns down pod you can find us on um you know hey twitter you can find us on youtube you can find us at uh, all the places that you get your podcast google podcast all of that stuff uh special Special, want to send a, a special, special, special uh, Father's Day shout out to um, Oklahoma State. Got to give them a Father's Day shout out. You know? <laughs> it's, it's not that often that we get to come over here and celebrate and, 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 and we're able to actually, you know, talk about our children and everything, and, and especially in a, in a good light. So, hey. Ready for that? Oh, man, came in shooting, bro. Dang, shooting jumpers. Man, just strays, bro. Dang, <laughs> man, I'm sorry. Not Jay. <laughs> right. He just came in, just blah, 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 blah. Didn't even, man, didn't let nobody breathe. Okay, okay Chris, man. I mean, I, I guess. So if you're listening to the podcast version of this, please rate us, review us, and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway and gifted. And so James, of course. I beat your over under, I promise, because I know that I was probably about 601. So, Papa, yeah, Papa's in here, my guy. So, <laughs> definitely got some exciting stuff to talk about. We're going to dive into mainly some champion barbecue stuff. There's a lot of intel that came down from that. The insiders are posting a lot of information. You saw a substantial amount of social media posts from this weekend, and I believe they are just now wrapping everything up probably by the end of today. And so some players still on campus, hell, we might get lucky enough to get a commitment while we are here recording. So let's cross our fingers and toes on that. And we'll, of course, go into some recruiting news and updates, especially players from last weekend, ones that we've missed out on, those some that we may actually win. So we're going to have ourselves a good time. And so let's jump right into the main conversation piece here, which is Champion Barbecue Weekend. And so y'all know we've been literally hyping this bad boy up for like the last month and some change. 
the list was absurd. We had all the top players we could possibly get our hands on in town. We had a few that actually surprised me that showed up, and supposedly they're having themselves a really good time. Um, the defensive line prospects are there. The offensive line prospects, like all your trenches are going to be there. We'll talk skills, positions, and everything too, especially the number one running back in the country, plus a big-time running back out of Duncanville, Texas, and a big-time running back out of Oklahoma City, Midwest City area to be Exact. And so, gentlemen, let's jump into the most important ones, the big names. I dropped a video a little bit earlier today around trying to land the big three out of Oklahoma, which is David Stone, Michael Patterson McDonald, as well as Caden Durham. Now, Stoney and Caden Durham are technically not Oklahoma in the rankings because Caden plays at Duncanville, Texas, and Stoney is out at IMG Academy. But they're both from the Oklahoma City Metroplex, Caden uh, and uh, Stoney, and they're very good friends with Kel uh, Patterson-McDonald. And so, Jason, let's lead it off. What you hearing about uh, the greatness that happened from Champion Barbecue Weekend? Everything that I'm seeing and hearing from over there is that everybody is having a great time. Um, you see Stoney taking pictures with the big one finger or whatever the, for <laughs> Oklahoma and, and just uh, enjoying it. it. It seems to me everything that I'm hearing, I, I could, I've been saying this for a while. We know we all kind of have is that Stoney's an Oklahoma kid. So I think barring something unforeseen, you end up definitely seeing him in, in uniform. And, and my thing is I'm hoping to see some of these other guys come in with them. I think that that could be that domino that kind of really – sets off this recruiting class really um and as far as some of these other guys you know we were talking about uh Xavier Robinson some of those other guys man I'm excited about it this is just a fun weekend really overall for the Sooners program and uh it really seems to it really seems to kind of change uh the outlook on things for you know recruiting season I know there's a lot of folks on Twitter that are freaking out because they haven't had a bunch of commitments yet from the four or five stars but uh it's just because they haven't committed at all so I wouldn't go too crazy about that. Right, right. And also want to make mention, we'll take a definitely a lot of y'all guys' questions and stuff on the show. This yeah. one is for you all, mainly because we're going to just ramble on about Champion Barbecue Weekend and those recruits. And so just make sure you drop your questions in. I'm going to star them. We're going to pull them up, and we're going to really run through all of them as well. So, Chris, what you hearing, man, as the new father, and I know that you, you've been losing sleep, um, what have you woken up to when it comes to news going around from Champion Barbecue Weekend? Man, some of the same things that you guys uh, have, and uh, you know, talking talk talk to my aunt this morning, kind of picked his brain about stuff that he's heard. And I mean, it's some locks. It's definitely there are some locks in there. You're looking at Twitter, and you're seeing all kind of the 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 accounts that usually you would follow if you guys know who I'm talking about, and you know, mm-hmm. certain accounts that you guys follow um, outside of like Parker and Brandon. That obviously are kind of making it seem like, you know, hey, all indications point towards OU having a really, really, uh, um, you know, good class lining up, right? Um, one of the biggest things for me is just, you know, the fact that these guys, these guys have been on campus so much. I mean, an awful lot these past few, um, not just weeks, but these past few months. I mean, these kids have been on campus an awful lot. Um, I think the thing is, is that, you know, there's kids like Okoye out of Tulsa Noah that you're, you know, I think we talked about it. Uh, 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 Jay, you know, you, you, hear, oh, yeah, yeah, 
you hear things about him now being, you know, kind of a guy that OU is, is you know, is in serious contention. And, you know, before you were like, okay, we're, we're, we're not even on the radar. But I think things are going well. I've heard that everything looks good, looks great. Kids really like it. Um, it's crazy that they can turn Norman into such a spectacular place, but that's because you're selling them not only on just the atmosphere of the team, but the development they they're going to get to hopefully turn themselves into, um, you know, NFL players. And I'm really excited about the staff. I've always been excited about the staff. And one thing that I would tell fans out there, you know, to I know going into this weekend, we thought we were going to get several commitments, all the rest of that stuff. But even in the Lincoln Raleigh era, we will wine and dine, do all the rest of those things. These kids still want to kind of have their own private event for their family and friends and other peers and, and stuff like that as well. So I think that between now, great point. between now and early September, you know, especially August around the time that their football season starts, I, I, I don't think that you're going to see a lot of these kids take those, uh, take that long. I think that you're going to see um, possibly in July, around July 4th, um, all mm-hmm. the way up to probably about their second, third week into their, you know, their football season, they're going to, you know, publicly commit. And, you know, it's going to be CBS Sports, all the rest of this stuff. So I definitely think that's something to note. But, yeah, everything that I've heard has been great. Everything that I've seen, you know, I've, I've looked I've looked just about at every recruit's uh, Twitter and timeline and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, was, and I was like, wait a minute, who, what, wait, what, this kid? I'm like, the list, list, I feel like the list expanded a little bit. Because there were some names on there, I was just like, "Whoa, wait a minute! I didn't realize he was actually coming. Maybe I didn't see his name on the list, but now you feel you feel better about it." One thing, oh one, yeah, one thing that did have me kind of wondering. I saw uh, old Mulshu. I'm not gonna call him T. Well, I just <laughs> Mulshu. I saw him do the you know the little you know deuces up there, the Trojan deuces or whatnot, and I thought to myself, I said, "Huh." The Utah beat him twice. Is that what that yeah. was about? You think? Yeah, I was like, Dude. Lee Tatum alone. Lee Tatum alone. I, I, I like the kids. So. No, oh, I mean, that, that's pretty much where I'm at. Okay, no. So we're going to jump into those skills positions in a minute. I want to focus on the trenches first because, of course, that's the one that everybody's most concerned about. Yeah. If you watch my video, I talk about uh, the big three. Like I said, with Stony. Uh, Durham as well as Michael and I have another one coming down the line to talk about really the importance of there's three positions you got to be key on to really succeed in football nowadays you got to have a quarterback that can sling that thing you got to have an offensive line to protect them and a defensive line to get their quarterback and so trench wise we had Stone in town now this was one that jumped out Nigel Smith was here of course Dominic McKinley and so Seeing he just posted a picture not too long ago saying Boomer Sooner, all glory to God, the AGTG that all of them post on their mm-hmm. pictures. And man, if that's the player I'm buying stock on, Ty Bates being able to figure out how to snatch out of Louisiana's grasp because you know he's based out of Louisiana. He we offered his little brother, and his little brother was here, is here also, which is even better. Um, but LSU, of course, is the incumbent in this one because. Any player in the state of Louisiana, most of them grew up LSU fans. That Baton Rouge, that uh, that uh, Mardi Gras color scheme is really what draws them in. It's in their blood. They bleed it. Yeah. It's all over their uh, king cakes and everything. So, but if if Bates can steal him away, that's the one player I want stolen from anybody else. I want us Man. to get Dominic McKinley um, just so that we can 
shut up all the naysayers when it comes to Todd Bates and the way that he moves. That um, would be good, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> I, I say Stoney is one. I think Stoney's a lock. I mean, I've heard the rumors that the dude, if, just about any time you can, the school is out, you can go up to OU's offices and you'll see him with his feet up on Ty Bates' uh, Ty Bates's, uh, desk. Like, he just kicks it in Norman all the time. That's his spot. He loves Coach Bates. Um, his dad, I, I was reading some intel, his dad was there and he enjoyed it. Still trying to sell mom, of course. But they, but just about every parent base that I've seen loves the soul mission. That is the one thing that has been selling a lot of these parents on the idea of sending their kids here. And so I think on the defensive side, we've got a good opportunity. And Winery uh, was big on the soul mission. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that uh, McKinley is probably high on that as well. Nigel as well. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming McKinley's parents probably like that, too, because everybody's parents have shown it. Nigel's parents have said uh, in some interviews they Absolutely. like that portion of it. So I am hardcore on us pushing, and hopefully Bates can push even harder and steal him from Louisiana. So uh, O-line-wise, though, I didn't see a lot going around the O-line. What did y'all see floating around offensive linemen in town? I know that we had a lot, and Casey Poe, if I'm correct, is either here now or starts his – visit tomorrow him and max anderson what yeah. you got out there jason i hadn't heard a ton on it to be honest with you i was if uh chris has something on that i can i can check something real quick but um i hadn't no, heard one yet those were the two that i was gonna mention i mean i just you know looking at looking at twitter and all the rest of that, so i saw them i was like oh okay 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 i think yeah. man offensive line is such a unique recruiting position for us because obviously we go after anybody and everybody that beat him both once. So we all trust. Yes. But at the same time, you know, I, I had this conversation with my aunt a few days ago and he said, Hey man, he said, we're going to be thin at, at offensive line going into the sec. And then I started naming off names and he was like, wait a minute. He was like, I guess I, he said, I, I, I'm wrong. He said, we should be fine. He's like, we got some guys. He said, you forget about the Jakes. You forget about uh, Savion Bird still still has a lot of eligibility left. Yep. You still, uh, forget about the kid that we just got from Appalachian State. Um, you know that they're going to hit the portal again. You got Caden Green on that line as well that you think is special. Yeah. Um, um, and you got some other kids that you think are pretty damn good as well. Um, so, I mean, thing is the offensive line is, is go- always going to be fine. I think right now, um, obviously, they're, they're wanting to build the trenches, but I think they, they've done more than enough on the offensive line. I think right now, defensive line and, and, and possibly some more DBs, are, are, in my opinion, are the uh, kind of the, the, the big thing right now to uh, to us. That and wide receiver. You see Levy kind of tweeting out some guys that definitely. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, Levy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, no, that's kind of, kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and, and to pick up on that, like offensive line wise, I was actually on with uh, it was Parker Thune. He had did his uh, his Fizzle Friday or whatnot, and I was listening to him talk about it. And I asked him, I'm like, look, straight up, are the Sooners going to ever land like a like a five star defensive uh, offensive lineman? Are we going to hear about that with we'll Beaton out there? But the funny thing is, and and I have a similar sentiment as what Parker mentioned. He was like, look at Beaton Bow's track record. He doesn't get a lot of big five star players on the offensive line. Yet he still sends dudes to the NFL on a regular basis. They find the players that really fit more so what Beating Bow's trying to do as far as development goes, and that still leads to them having an the opportunity of win these Joe Moore awards. So mm-hmm. Chris is correct. I stopped questioning what Beating Bow is doing when it comes to recruiting offensive linemen <clears throat> at that point because I realized he's right. 
we we send Creed Humphreys was a three star. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like yep. we have a lot of players. Cody Ford was a three star. We have a lot of these dudes that are in the NFL today. I mean, outside of big uh, Trent Williams, who um, was not a beating bow uh, player and uh, Orlando Brown. I mean, I think he got what one five star that we know of that actually just transferred recently because they didn't pan out. It's tough to figure that portion of it out, honestly. And I do believe that beating bow knows what the heck he's doing. So, th- so five star offensive lineman. I actually quit on trying to be concerned That's what about. I was I was about to say the same thing is that honestly yeah. I don't pay a ton of attention to the O-line stuff because of the fact that I just know that Bill Beatenbow it doesn't matter what they how many stars they got next to their name when they come in. Yes. Uh, that he's going to get the most out of them. I mean, when you put that many guys into the into the first round and second round of the draft and on offensive lines at play, uh I mean, I did just see what Robert was talking about here. I was just running through Twitter that there was over seven of them that have visited in the last week. So, yeah. you know, it's not like they're not recruiting the guys. And, and again, I don't know that there's a ton. Generally, when you see that top 32 anywhere, you don't really see a ton of them being offensive linemen. You know what I mean? There's just not yeah. a ton of them. So, you know, you might get one or two a cycle, it seems like. And then you've got a lot of guys that will be the D linemen, quarterbacks, you know, defensive backs things like that but you just don't see a ton of offensive linemen in that top 32 which is what the five star is yeah right? and and it, it, yeah the five stars are now the way that they're doing them they're trying to create a system first, of what they, first round draft picks you expect <laughs> yes. to be a first round draft pick they're gonna be there right. and guess what we never see actual players end up as first rounds that are potentially say it as first rounds at the beginning of it and so uh but yes looks like casey paul i'm, I'm jumping on three's website right now we're looking at the um, actual visit log, Casey Post here today. Um, and besides that, over the weekend, we did have, and we talked about this before, but I, I want to re- talk about who we know pulled up. Bennett Warrant did pull up. I did see that. Max Anderson did pull up. Daniel Cruz, which was an interesting one. Four-star uh, interior offensive lineman, 6'3", 294, out of North Richland Hills, Texas. I haven't really looked much up on him, but... My goodness, I bet you he's got to be something special if Beaton Bow was big on bringing him in for an official because he's here for an official visit. You can toss in, of course, our signee, Isaiah Ali, the uh, nephew or the cousin of Marcus Dupree. And then uh, Caden Massey, who um, I was reading an article on him, the um, the lineman out of Linden, Kansas. He spent some time with some, with like a Jordan Sexton and a few of the other players uh, on offensive line and hurt that he had a blast too. And so, yes, overall, like you said, Chris, just like you said, Jason, I'll echo that. We're definitely going after the players that Beatenbow knows that he can help develop and actually push into the NFL. And honestly, that's what's important. You win Joe Moore awards with NFL offensive linemen, not just five stars. Keep that's that right. in mind. Um, Let's move on to some skill spots. We had the number one running back in the country in town in Taylor Tatum, as well as uh, one of our favorite offensive line, uh, uh, favorite running backs, uh, Caden Durham, as well as Zay Robinson. And we just got some crystal balls on Caden Durham, as well as Zay Robinson. They actually got a, a, a crystal ball on Zay uh, from the Iowa State Insider mm-hmm. uh, from uh, 24-7. That, to me, was like, oh, that's crazy. It's a and pretty so, good sign, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, it's a great sign if the competition's putting at them. Caden yeah. Durham got a, a, a crystal ball from the Texas A&M insider. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, Texas A&M <laughs> and Iowa State. I mean, Which that, surprises that's you. That's telling as well. That's mm-hmm. very much telling because we all knew that the race for Caden Durham was LSU and Oklahoma, which is the second school that time that we're battling LSU for a player. But it's been those two. But I think the thing that jumped out to me with the Caden Durham um, crystal ball was he retweeted the covered wagon recruiting on the crystal balls. So we got that from Jay Sean Ross, defensive end out of Kansas City area. We got that from Caden Durham, Michael Patterson, McDonald also retweeted the the covered wagon. And I say that's significant. I mentioned this in the video in uh, a few videos, but the significance behind that is, is that usually when those players hit that retweet button, within about 48 hours, they're going to get a commitment from them. Um, Zay Robinson just asked for someone to make a graphic for him uh, on Twitter literally like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. So if they're still on campus and they're about to depart, keep your eyes open. There, He may be going through an interview as we speak and then, boom, dropping them, saying that he's committed. Well, it's, uh, I think it's just like Chris said earlier, too. You, you can't take too much out of it if they don't commit while they're here. Because mm-hmm. they probably are, and they're going to go home and just have their own little special thing with their family and their school and all that other stuff. So, you yeah, know, they like to make something of it, and I get that. Right, right. I mean, it's their it's their their uh, recruitment process and everything. Sure. You're here to enjoy it, and hence why we're not too going. I don't go crazy when it comes to David Stone and whatnot. He's got mm-hmm. one more OV, which is going to be mm-hmm. to uh, Michigan State on the 23rd, which I think is Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, he mentioned as his last OV, and so I'm anticipating a commitment out of him probably around the 4th of July, uh, which would be awesome for us and uh, everyone playing in the game, but it'd be even better if he commits before then and says, nah, I'm not going to take that visit. But outside of that, a lot of the, like I said, a lot of these players are still on campus right now with their visit. So we probably don't have the commitment yet because they're still here and they're still, you know, talking through stuff, making plans. True. They could be planning out a big set of uh, commitments together. I don't know, but I want to talk. I could about definitely see that with reason. those offense, with those defensive line guys. I mean, because yeah. they all seem to be so tight, man. They're always retweeting each other's stuff. They're always, we're always, you know, adding everybody, adding each other, you know, and stuff like that on the tweet, on yeah. their tweets. So it's, Man, I, I could see that, man. I, th- I don't. I think once you get the one, you're probably you're gonna get at least two more. And I don't know which ones they might be, but you know, to me, I can see Winery. I can see Nigel. I would love to see McKinley, like what you were talking about. But I, those guys all seem to be tight, man. They all do. Yeah, the relationship seems to be growing. Uh, Joseph yeah. Jonah Ajonye was another end that another I was one. hoping we could have landed. I, I think George is going to win that I race. It just seems George's like yeah, yeah. they've got it. But um, the question in here about uh, Winery, he is he's at Tennessee. I read an article on him not too long ago. Looks like he enjoyed his visit. And in all intents and purposes, it's a Oklahoma-Tennessee race. That is what it looks like with all of it. I think mm-hmm. he has one more OV that he's going to do. Actually, he has an Oregon OV set for October, but I don't think he's going to make it to it. Um, I anticipate a commitment before then and a cancellation of that visit. Right. Um, but it's probably still going to go down to signing. Does Josh do the same well. thing with once you commit, you're there, or is he? No. No, he no. doesn't. Remember, we had Caleb Beasley here last weekend who was the Tennessee commit um, out of mm-hmm. Nashville. He was right. – 
one of their the, the number one player in the state of Tennessee. He came here and did a visit, um, and then he did his visit back at um, Tennessee this weekend. And so, no, they don't they don't require that. They don't mind it. They let teams try if they want to. Um, it's just that the philosophies here that's big at Clemson and here. That's the reason why Sammy Brown didn't make it here this weekend is right. when he decided to commit at Clemson. Same thing with it's Brian the same one with them, right? The yeah, they both went ahead and canceled all their future OVs because they decided that yep, this is where I want to play ball at. And so, uh, but with Taylor Tatum, I we saw one of the um, baseball coaches tweeting out, you know some like locks and times two and excitement or whatnot. Skip Johnson, the baseball coach for OU. And I thought that was pretty significant because one of the things I've been reading about Tatum when it comes to him and his recruitment is baseball is a for real deal with him. Like he's a legitimate baseball player and OU has looked at him for baseball for like on a serious note. Mm -hmm. And there's a chance that if, if he has a good relationship with the baseball coaches here, and he has a good relationship. He has a great relationship with DeMarco Murray. Every everywhere has everyone has stated that they have a great relationship. Well, he could come here play baseball and football. Yeah, worked for Kyler. <laughs> and right, right, right. And and I saw a few people put out edits for that exact thing, saying, "Look, mm-hmm. look at what Kyler Murray did here. He was look a top. At- he was a first round draft pick in in baseball and the number one pick in football, man, it, it worked out pretty good. Worked out pretty good. <laughs> exactly. And so because of that, boom, boom, you have an opportunity to snatch him up for two sports, just like with Caden Durham. And that's why I keep mentioning him as well as he's, he runs track and he wants to run track here. He got a track scholarship offer at Oklahoma and then Tatum's gotten, I believe he's got a baseball scholarship offer here yeah. too. And so we could bring it. I mean, imagine those two running backs and and Zay Robinson. Oh man, that's a that's a loaded running back class. I'll just say that. The, and the room is already so good. You know, yeah, it it's is. already so good. It's it's probably one of the top two or three in the country as it is. It's it just goes to show you that they they mean business when they say they want to run the ball. So that's what, when people start asking about the offensive line and some of this other stuff. I mean. When you're bringing in dudes that are running, they're going to run the football like this. And, and I mean, top end at, in every class, you know, we're so loaded at that position. And here you got DeMarco out there recruiting, recruiting, recruiting guy after guy to come in here. It, it goes to show you that not only are they doing great at that, because DeMarco's an all star freaking recruiter. I mean, I think that's obvious at this point. But so is Bill Beanboat. I mean, they're not going to come in and run behind an offensive line that isn't going isn't gonna to be great. And so, and and an offensive coordinator and Jeff Levy that loves to run the football. So I, I feel like um, these things seem to be working themselves out. All you got to do is just kind of mm-hmm. read some of the other tea leaves every once. Right, time, you know? and that's what and, I do. That's my best way of assessing what's going on. Is I look at these tea leaves and the players kind of give you an idea of what's going on. Go ahead, right. Chris. I was just gonna say, man. You know, one of the things that I like with the with the running back core, at least, well, the running back core and the linebacker core. It's not not only are you building depth for uh not uh, it's not only for building depth for now but you're building depth for the future that's great and all but one of the biggest things is just it all lines up really well 
if Sussman's able to have the year that he's supposed to have this year, then next year you'll see a guy like Kobe McKenzie take over that spot, hopefully, and then him and Cannon can run run uh, run the linebacker, be the linebackers, right? Kip Lewis, hopefully he can be in a rotation, can, can uh, get his snaps and all the rest of that stuff. And then right after that, you got uh, – I, I guess I get Phil's last name wrong all the time, but it, I think it's uh, – Pachotti. Pachotti, yes. Pachotti. Oh, so you got Pachotti, you got uh, Lewis Carter, you got uh, uh, Sammy – you know, you got guys. Those are my two favorites. Yeah. And so um, the thing about it is, is that with, with both of those, those position groups, it just lines up perfectly because you have, you know, um, Sawchuck has a year that he's supposed to have. Javante has a great year that he's supposed to have as well. Next year after that, then you're running right back in there with Hicks. Um um, gosh, who else was in that class? Jay, you know who I'm talking about. Hicks and uh, talking about uh, Smothers. Smothers. Dylan Smothers. Smothers. They're bringing them up yeah. in there. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you're yeah. gonna have you're gonna be loaded, and that that shows you what they're trying to do as far as stacking. Um, and I think that's gonna be at every position too. I mean, this is yeah. these, they know where they need to be big, uh, where they uh-huh. have to have a ton of depth, Chris. You yeah. know. And yeah, so yeah, you know yeah. that's something that I've been saying for. Uh, ahead of them releasing the sec you know schedule was just a simple fact of this right here look going to the sec we may be young at positions but you won't be able to say we're not talented and so the quicker that you can get these guys on campus and get them acclimated to what they need uh need to know as far as just the system the calls all the rest of that stuff we're going to be perfectly fine i really do think we're going to be perfectly fine yeah, no, I agree with you there. And got a good question in here or whatnot from Fatty71. What's good? What's good? Did we talk wide receivers? We have not talked wide receivers yet, uh, mainly because the ones that were here were the ones that are committed. Zion Kearney and Kelly Daniels were here. Now, we had a few athletes pull up or whatnot, and I saw um, the athlete Andy Bass out of Heritage Hall. Saw that too. I saw him when he did training. He was training with the running backs is what I read and saw uh, when I was looking through Twitter when he was here for the camp. And so DeMarco Murray is his lead recruiter. And so he's an additional piece that could be either running back, special teams, or even play um, in the slot. But there wasn't really any wide receivers in this visit, which is interesting. But – uh, Jay Sean Ross, if you watch the film that I that I watched on him recently, that dude he catch like he's a big, strong, fast like wide receiver at six three two twenty. Like he he looked like a DK Metcalf, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure what his actual forty time is. But yeah. he looks like that dude. Like he's yoked and in high school as a senior, and whenever he's out there on the field, man, I'm seeing him run past dudes i'm seeing him truck people it's like no matter what you you can't bring that dude down and so i'm hoping that we see his commitment by by tomorrow that'd be dope um he's an athlete but i think he's gonna play edge but shoot if we can move into wide receiver too 63220 that's a that's a monster mm-hmm. uh there's not a lot of wide receivers i've seen so far that a monster too good grief and there's the another wide receiver of- <laughs> oh yeah of ross yeah dude yeah, and Bass too. I got pictures of Andy Bass here. He's just throwing the ball, but he's ripped. Dude's a monster. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah they're picking up a bunch of bunch of ripped dudes. Like add Megway in there. Boys. Someone mentioned him too. 
Like yeah. Megua is was a was a was a big boy. Um, he was yoked whenever I saw him come in as a transfer last August. I'm like, who is he? Yeah. Who is these dudes that they get after? Now all we need to do is go pick up the one uh the one edge that played at Homer. He's now at uh, Texas Southern. Can't think his name for the life of me, but he was the ginormous uh football player with arms probably the size of most people's legs. Um, let me go. Let me go see if I can find him, find that kid. Oh, yeah, Waltesh Champ. If y'all haven't seen him, yeah, it's, yeah. Six foot, 230-pound dude. He's at Texas Southern. He may be someone that's going to end up getting transferred. Um, Actually, friend of the show, uh, Chris, um, uh, Nino's Corner actually did a video on him. (laughs) You may want to look that up. Uh, Waltez Champ, dude's a big boy. Uh, that's the Texas channel that we're really good friends with or whatnot. So, Nino. um, Nino's got a great show, man. I love that. Yeah, show. Nino's the dude. Nino's the dude. All right, there's one more player that really jumped out to me, and I'm gonna pass it to you all to let me know of any of the players like James Nesta or uh, uh, Devin Jordan, which um, Jason, I want you to talk about him in a bit. But Samaj Jones, quarterback out of Philadelphia, 5'11, 220 talked about him in a video a while back that we offered him and he took a piss picture with uh, Jalen Hurts because you know Hurts is the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback and sure. Samaj is based out of Philly and he pulled up he pulled up this weekend um, he was the only quarterback in attendance that is technically listed at quarterback uh, because Michael Hawkins was at the Elite 11 camp and I'm going to be honest man I think we got a chance of landing him like, I, my feelings were, if we could get him on campus, I thought that we had a chance. And he showed up. Have y'all heard anything on Samaj? Go ahead, Chris. Um, I, You know, it was honestly was earlier in the year, to be, to be quite frank with you, as far as what I had heard about him. You know, uh, off, a lot of people talked about Van Buren, but then, you know, you heard about this kid right here in Philly that we had. Uh, offered or whatnot. I didn't necessarily think that we were going to try to make a hard pitch at um, at two quarterbacks in this class, but I, you know, <laughs> contrary to my belief, it actually happened. And so um, all indications that I heard is that, you know, hey, they're going to get two quarterbacks in this class. It's just you kind of have to take a wait-and-see approach which one that they were going to actually go after and who they're going to get here on campus. Yeah, and it looks like right now 24-7 has them as a warm, has us as a warm, and um, there's no crystal ball for him to Penn State anymore. Wow. That got pulled, it looks like, a few hours ago. Wow. So He's here. He's here this week. And he's here. He's here. He's here this weekend. So, uh, yeah, he dropped a video showing his room and everything about yesterday when he checked in or whatnot. Um, Yeah, if... That's the case. That dude's a baller too, man. That dude is a baller. Yeah, Miles Jones is one that I would love to have him with um with Michael Hawkins, mainly because it eliminates mm-hmm. any any fears around depth. We saw that last season, yeah. and I don't think this staff's ever gonna let that happen again. It's a right. no, we're gonna always have enough depth at especially at every position, especially quarterback, that's critical and someone we can throw out there immediately to play. Right, and, and I think everybody's worried about obviously what Fatty's saying. If we take two, who leaves? You know, I don't think it's necessarily always like that. They may get into the class at first, at least come in, and and kind of battle for the position, see who's going to yes. get it. 
You know what I mean? Because you got to know coming in. I mean, Michael Hawkins knows that he's not going to be the starter his first season. And, and you know, it's just not going to happen. But and so if Samaj Jones ends up here as well, I think it'd be the same thing. But they're probably going to yeah. battle with each other, you know, and see and see kind of who makes it into that spot during the camp. And then, yeah, you could probably see you could see somebody leave at that point. I think it also depends on a lot of different things, though. I mean, you, there's other guys coming in behind that even as well. We already have our 2025 quarterback locked in, too. So this is something that if if you're building it the same everywhere and you keep talking about depth, right? We're building mm-hmm. it the same everywhere, and you want depth everywhere. Um, I think the kids can understand that, and they can get behind that. Oh. And if you're sending guys into the draft from these positions and they're getting opportunities, I don't think it's as hard to keep getting guys to come in. You know, Even though quarterback's a different position, I get it, guys. But <clears throat> seriously, I feel like you when you get somebody in that, that starts sending guys to the league, Think about it. You don't hear a bunch of people talking about Lincoln not being able to hold on to quarterbacks. You know why? Because they're going to wait their turn. Because they keep he keeps sending them into the first round. They're going to wait their turn. You yeah, know? and so, that's that's what Levy's got to show. Levy's going to show yeah, that absolutely. he's going to be able to get quarterbacks drafted. That's what's important. He shows that. And I, I totally get what you're saying here, Fatty, with the take two who leaves. Um, it's going to be the one that don't want to compete. And Honestly, sure. Seth, you made mention of he hope he goes somewhere else, somewhere he can play. He would ride the pond here. I don't know if he rides the pond here. If Maj comes here, man, I he might play. Yeah. Not even not not 2024. It's gonna right. be about two years. I'd say Jackson Arnold plays here for two years. I've been saying that from day one. I think we so get too. him. I think he he's needs gonna two years to he make won't sure play this season. That opportunity. Yeah. Right. He doesn't play this season or he plays a portion of this season. Uh, but he plays the next two years after that, and he's gone to the draft. I don't see mm-hmm. him staying his senior year. There's nothing about, um, there's nothing about uh, Jackson Arnold that tells me he's going to be able to sit here. Long. I said it about Landry Jones when he was there. He, he had a first round grade as a junior, and he stayed. And he should not have stayed. He should have left, and because he ends up going fourth round, waiting around a year, and they underachieved. So it's just one of those things where you can't, you know what I mean? You. When it's time to go, you gotta go. When you get the grade, yeah. you gotta go. You know, that's just kind of some how players it is. are learning that, yeah, yeah, I need to go ahead and just hit that draft. When opportunity comes up, take it. Like, I'm still baffled that Jared Verse, the defensive end at Florida State, came back. Yeah. That like, was an interesting move. In NIL damned. They had to had offered him like ten million dollars to stay. <laughs> For him to right. for it to make sense, because the number ten pick was going to make twenty two million over their contract life. Mm-hmm. I think um, that make any sense. Oh uh, yeah, that that's no. But you know, one thing I will say, I, I don't think that for you still have to you still have to go back to Corral. Uh, uh, yeah, Corral. Um, I don't think that uh, DG is the benchmark for right. For uh, for Levy, I think he's just re- he's the recent QB. I think that regardless if DG was to go out there and win a Heisman this year, his draft stock is still going to be the same, which is not necessarily. It could go up a little bit, but it wouldn't be that it's it's not going to be first round. I still think that he's he's pretty much. I think he's a late round guy. I think he's somebody that you possibly go and snag somewhere late fourth round to about you know the seventh round. To be honest with you, he's a value pick for me. I think mm-hmm. that um, he's a guy that, and honestly, it'd be better for him because he gets to go into a situation 
that um, is most likely going to be better for him, where there's no pressure on him trying to be obviously be a starter or anything like that. I think right. the kid is good, and I think he's an NFL caliber quarterback. But as far as what he does this year, I don't think it really, you know, as Ty would say, moves the needle for a lot of uh, NFL scouts. Um, I think if he can refine his mechanics that we all had an issue with last year in, in you know, certain games or whatnot, I'm not going to say the entire season, but certain games, um, uh, and, and if, you know, if our receivers can, can help him and catch balls too, then uh, I think it'll be fine. But I, I definitely think Jackson Norrell is the quintessential um, top pick that will – I mean that Levy will have, and then I think after that, I, I think f- for me, I think it's 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 pivotal to see going into next year. It doesn't really matter to me who all what the depth chart looks like. If Michael Hawkins is the one at red shirt, or if Maj Jones, if he commits and then he's red shirting, it doesn't necessarily mean that much to me because I don't think either quarterback would leave. Twenty twenty five is the year when Sperry comes in, and then you still see those guys on campus. You know what I'm saying? So that's where you're sitting there with, you know, what you would think is a, is a problem because you're sitting there, you know, having to kind of pick between the star freshman and these other two guys who were highly coveted as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. No, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. Okay. Let's jump into some of these questions real quick and we'll, uh, we'll move down the line here. We've got Dalton up here hitting us up with the uh, trap. What's up? Appreciate the love, Dalton. Thank you so much. Um, Seth had some great stuff in here. First off, Matt, can you imagine if Texas goes into the college station and beats AM in year one? They definitely would buy out his contract. Now, you know, that's a very good point, Seth. If AM goes in there, if Texas goes there and beats AM, could would Jimbo Fisher lose his job? Like, cause that that's one of those that's one of those losses that Similar to the way that Ryan Day is on the hot seat, even though he like loses one game a season, we already want there. People want him fired at Ohio State because he keeps losing to Michigan. That could be the the straw that breaks the camel's back when it comes to Texas A and M. What you think, Jason? Man, that's uh, <laughs> I think it's hilarious <laughs> that that's even a little talk. But you know, I just talking about A and M. I don't know how that thing is going to stick together as it is. I, I, there's no way I see Petrino and Jimbo working together that well. Because I just don't see Jimbo allowing it. I think Petrino can call plays all day long, uh, you know, and, and he can dial it up. But I have a hard time believing that that it's going to – even if they're successful, I think that Jimbo's going to want to get in the way there. This is who he is, it, you know. It's egos. Yeah, it's, it's ego. It's it's total ego. And, then, and they continue to kind of – they really continue to just try to throw money at the situation all the time, right? <laughs> And I think that you were talking earlier about the <clears throat> recruiting on the soul mission, and it's important to some of these guys. And so when you start seeing that it's actually working, you know, it's worked at Clemson. It's, you know, it's, it looks like it's working here. You know, when I talked to <clears throat> last year, whenever we talked to uh, oh, Makari Vickers, you know, he yeah. talked about how important that was to his family, not just him, but, but to his family, you know, and that, that you hear it a lot some other places, but that it wasn't that they weren't really like living up on that, right? But you could see that this is real here at Oklahoma. And so and kids can tell the difference between real and BS. You know what I mean? They can. They're they're not dumb. They know what they're talking about. They know what if you're BSing on, and that's that's all it is. So uh anyway, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I think that uh 
I see that just kind of coming apart there at A and M. I don't really remember the question you asked me there. That's just the first thing I thought about with A and M. Does uh, does Jimbo get himself fired if he loses to Texas? Yeah, that, do they I, actually I figure that, it out? I think it's coming apart now. I just really do. I don't think that there's any way that yeah that Texas thing. Yeah, if they can't lose to Texas because he's been talking too much shit since he got there. <laughs> you I mean, know what I mean? Fair. It's yeah, you know. And I just think after all that amount of time, you get them at home the first time around and you get beat. That's true. Chris, you think that they fire Jimbo Fisher if he loses to Texas? No, I still think the buyout is way too much. I mean, you he's at 86 million going into this year. I don't I don't think that with that buyout. I, I think I think the only real way that they would fire him um is losing to Texas and on top of that, um finishing with like a six and six, seven and five record again. I think something yeah. like that, that would just be, you know, something abysmal, but also on the fact, you know, the fact of it, that they lose to Texas. I mean, imagine this right here. Cause we still, I don't, um, and maybe I'm not following it close enough, but I don't believe they actually released the order of the schedules yet. For the no, 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 no. Just no, the, who the opponents are going to yeah. be. Right. So exactly. So, I mean, could you imagine that being the Thanksgiving day game? Like we talked about the other day on your pod, uh, uh, Jay, and then, you know, they're at, they're at, let's say they're at, you know, five and six, and they need that game right there to be bowl eligible, and they lose that game. I mean, yeah, I could see him being out after that. They figure something out and just say, hell, we'll pay it, whatever it is, to get him out of there. But as far as losing to Texas, just that being like one of the sole losses of the season, I don't see that as a as an upset. They're still going to talk noise and still going to come back and, you know, say this and that, that and this. So the, the thing about it is, is that when you bring in Petrino and that, and don't believe, I, I don't believe for one second that Jimbo was on board with that. Mm-hmm. I think he did that to appease the higher ups, you know, the, all the, it, it appeased yeah. everybody else that he brought him in, but you've seen that he's been real coy about, well, yeah, of course you can, you can, what did he say in that first press conference? He was like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And he goes, but you can assume that he's going to be calling the plays. That wasn't a real, yeah, he's going to be the play caller. And if they come in there, if he comes in here and, He's not letting him call the plays like he want, like they want him to right away, and they're still not winning. And you know, you, there's all this back and forth over that stuff. I don't think that there's a way that you can keep them around. It's not like they can't afford it, Chris. They can. There's plenty yeah. of guys there that they can afford that. It'd be broken up over time. Do do I believe that they want to do that? No, of course not. Yeah, no. That's but listen, million, you cannot man. allow Texas to come in and take a and lap you. As they get into the SEC, not that I believe yeah. Texas is definitely going to do that, but it, I do. The, the, that feeling is there. You know it is. The little brother feeling, it's always going to be there, right? No, no, no. So I agree. If, if, I, I, I kind of think. I think, think that they would, they, they would knee-jerk reaction and kick his ass out of there just to know that they're going to get somebody come in that can keep up with them, right? But the question is, is who do you take, you know? Are you going to take an up and comer? Are you going to, huh? <laughs> Urban? Oh, uh, I was just about to say his name. Nah, you can't do that. I think well, that they would. And you know why I think they would? So Texas doesn't get him. <laughs> the problem is, though, that's that's $110 million. You're you're paying him 110 over a 10 year period. You're, there's no way, actually, maybe more than that, because Urban Meyer is not going to take less money than Jimbo Fisher got. That you know what I'm saying? True. That's where that your problem true. runs in. Is all I'm going to look at you be like, I'm not taking less than you paid him that for five wins. You're paying me more if you want me to come here. That's going to be the problem you run into. But real but quick, they know that they trap have to house do better than that, right? True. 
I'm, you're right. But that's going to be where their conundrum comes in. Trap out. Happy it. Father's Day, my guy. Have some cold What's ones up, from trap, me, too. Trap. Good to have you here with the family. So <clears throat> who do we want as a Power 5 opponent? Seth, that's a really good question. When you start looking at the, the scheduling, because that's kind of one of the rules that SEC has uh, for the uh for 2024 is that you also have to have a power five opponent right um outside of your standard scheduling and so in 2024 who do we have up let's look at oklahoma's non-conference schedule real quick are you talking about climbing there seth Oof. No, that's a, good, that's a right off let that's me a great, see that's a great one Right now, Oklahoma has for the 2024 season mm, Temple and Tulane, and neither one of them are Power Five, so it's going to be a team added. I'm going to guess if they do it right, it might be Okie Light. It may be Oklahoma State. It should be Okie Light. <laughs> what but happened? What happened to Clemson being on the schedule, or is that for, that's further? That's off, further right? out. That's okay. 2036. That's way it's out. The Clemson game. Yeah, it's way out there. Uh, Michigan is the next big power five that we have coming on our non-conference schedule. Um, Kim says Citadel. What year is that? 25. 25, Michigan Texas, comes here, and then we go there in 26. Texas has Michigan on the schedule next year, which is nobody's talking about. Everybody's talking about the SEC, obviously, but I'm like – <laughs> That's where the gauntlet comes in for Texas. And I tell yeah. everybody Texas schedule stuff. Oh, don't get it twisted. Alabama's up there too. They go to Wisconsin in 2024. And if yeah. there's one game that I'm hoping happens, right now Alabama plays Wisconsin on September 14th of 2024. If the lines set up beautifully the way we would appreciate, I want Oklahoma to play against Alabama on the September 21st. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get them right after they travel to Wisconsin because Luke Fickle's doing some stuff me. up there. Oh yeah, man! I and that's going to be a I dog mean, fight. I was surprised he didn't get more play in the in the when when BV got in here. I just you didn't hear much, you know. I was Ooh, just uh, for Fickle, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately kind of for him, and, and he, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm glad they got BV, but I was just surprised that you didn't hear his name come up more. You know? Well, yeah, it was it was because of the, all the other hires that happened at the exact same time, really. I mean, well, no, Fickle got hired this year. So he just started with yeah. – the, the person that, that drowned him out was Coach Prime. Yeah, I think you're right. You know there. what I'm saying? All For the sure. news was all around Coach Prime. Because um, there was a lot of talk about him coming to Oklahoma now that I think about it. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so Fickle and I think Matt Campbell was even in conversation, but, they, no, but Oklahoma wanted to go with – um, someone tried and true that has shown that they can win a defensive match against a power SEC team like Alabama. He did it twice. So Brent Venables can now just start bringing him and Bates can start bringing in the players needed to replicate what they did there. So um, everyone's asking the question. And then of course, uh, Jason posted in there. Ranieri seems to be a sooner and he really wants Nigel Smith. Talk to us about that. He's my favorite. He's my favorite recruit in the country. Period. Any position. My favorite okay. recruit. You watch him. You go watch his anything he does. Whether it's when you see him playing basketball, you can see the kind of kid that he is athletically. And then you see the tweet last week from his high school coach that says, "Since school let out, we've been doing two a days." There's yep. a difference in this kid and everybody else. 
And I believe that. I, I still think he's probably going to become a five star before it's all said and done. Um, but again, I, I think he's the I think he's my absolute favorite recruit in the class anywhere. Uh, and that, you know, it, listen, I'm with everybody. I want Stoney in, at OU, period. And I believe he is at OU, period. That's why, to me, I put a lot more focus on somebody like Nigel because of the fact that I think that that you need to get him too. You need to get some other guys too for the for the sake of depth. You know, and I think when you add these guys to it, and when Ari, same with him. I mean, you talk about a freak. That is a freak, right? Um, long arms, just, I mean, he's, man, him and PJ Albuari, good grief, man. These guys got some freaking wingspan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Coach Royball talks about that all the time that wingspan is a huge thing when it comes to these kids getting up to that next level and then even getting further into the NFL that wingspan has an awful lot to do with that when it comes to those dudes. But Danny Okoye, I think, I think you guys are right about that in there, Jimmy and, and Eric. Uh, look, there's some guys out there, but I, to me, like I said, I, you go and watch, go watch Nigel play basketball, forget the football tape. Cause he's going to impress you there. Go watch him play hoop. He wants to dunk every basketball, you know, and he, and he has these little slide moves and different stuff like that. He was talking about that on, uh, on JP and Trap. You know, where he whenever they had him on there that, you know, that he likes to dunk a lot. And he said that, you know, he doesn't try to go right through everybody because you're going to take a charge, you know. And so he's trying to learn how to how to get around people and stuff like that. And, man, that's a great thing. You know what I mean? I just think that he's just a stud athlete, man. And I think he's a good kid, too. So, like I said, he's my favorite. That's the one I keep pushing for. I'm with you. Okay. You know, go ahead, Chris. I, I want them all. We got to get, we got yeah, to them all too. <laughs> it has to be a uh, bolster because um, going into the SEC, like we said, it was going to be a little bit, not thin. We're going to be talented, but we're going to be young as well. So why not be young and talented going into right. the SEC and just take your bumps and bruises where you can. But at the same time, I think some of these guys are guys that could pop off the, uh, uh, you know, off the radar and then just come come right in full force as a freshman and be ready to play. That's the hope. Um, but man, like you know, Danny Okoye, like I said, that that's a kid right there that you see. He, um, you know, some people eventually may try to knock him for say the competition or whatever that he's playing for. But man, when you just look at the kid and you look at the intangibles, that's somebody that you want Bates coaching because. Bates and BV are not shy about telling you, you know, the type of player that we're trying to get. We're not necessarily trying to get um, that. We want football players, but we also want freak athletes that we can teach how to play this, these positions because, you know, coming into the whole BV era, that's what we talked about. I talked about it with Ty so many times. BV has freaks at certain positions that they just make plays happen. And you're yeah. just like, where'd you even come from? You know, yep. um, some of the things that you would see, like, if you go back to the O State game and you're 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 watching um, Ethan Downs drop uh, back and you know maybe he he misses the interception. There's a couple of guys out there usually on Clemson's defense where they get that and they take that and they turn it upfield and they and they're gone. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's it's so many different things in that defense that make it work. It's not just a three three five. It's just that they're so damn multiple, you know. But you need and that's what you want those positions to be able to 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 execute. Yep, and that's what you want. You want some guys that can go out there and make plays just out of nowhere sometimes, and that, that's always a big thing. So, mm-hmm. all right, 
here's one. Seth asked this question. There's something that needs to be addressed. And go ahead and talk oh, yeah. about this. The big Hawaiian kid, 350. The, he's. I think I read recently he's down to 340 something, but he was like 389 uh, playing. That's what Juco you said to me in, in that Kansas. message the other night. Yes. Was 389. I was like beef. 389. <laughs> beef. Just beef. Just beef. Yeah. Uh, Danny Saili. Um, he's playing up at Hutchinson Community College. He will not be here in the fall. He'll be here in the spring. Mm. Um, he is coming from JUCO. He's playing there at Hutchinson. He's got the anticipation is he's going to play there in the fall as well. Um, and I'm assuming this is all an assumption. We're going to say assuming here. I'm going to throw my hands up the entire time I say this. So y'all know it's an assumption. It's probably grades related. And so um, that's probably what it is. He's a freshman at Hutchinson Community College. So I'm hoping that it, that's not the case and they can maybe find a way. But the anticipation based upon what I've seen in some of the, the forums and the uh, message boards is that he won't be here until the um, he won't be here until the, until the spring. So we won't have him this coming season. But the good thing is, guess what? We got DeJounte Terry as well as, as well as Phil Paya, who will be here this summer to play in the fall. And I'm stoked about Terry. You know, he's 300 pounder. Played in the SEC. Sure, he may have been the second or third string rotational guy, but that's what we need is more rotational guys anyway. Let me say this real quick. So my – and don't forget the fact that he has eligibility so he can actually be groomed uh, to be a guy that you can go back, right? He can go right back into the SEC if he stays that extra year, right? Um, uh, I think he has two years left, right? Uh, Who? uh, Terry? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a guy that you can groom into that position. So here, here's my thing. You know, um, a while ago, a while ago, I saw I saw a tweet coming. I forgot what it was. It wasn't in this one. But um, somebody was talking about how they thought that the wide receiver group was going to be the surprise uh, uh, group of, um, you know, this 24, I mean, excuse me, this 23 team. And yeah. so for me, I, I say I, I do believe that, but I really think that this defensive line is going to be a, a pleasant surprise for a lot of people, not just because of some of the additions that we had on edge, but the additions that we have um, and the moves that we made on the defensive line in the interior. I think that um, uh, Kelly, Kelly, we, we need somebody who can man that middle and force them to go to the edge that way. Because this year, I think we're going to be better at setting setting the edge. Um, but my biggest thing is, is just the fact that, you know, you have so many guys that you feel like you feel comfortable with as an OU fan, not just, you know, listening to the coaches. But you're good with Kelly. You're good with Isaiah Coe. Biggest thing is just staying healthy for Coe, uh, for me. Um, and then after that, you know, you got guys like Gilling, you got Terry, hopefully you're going to have Lacey out there. Um, you got Grayson Halton, you move, uh, uh, Lalu, uh, to the, to the middle as well. So you have some guys and you're going to have consistent effort. The thing is, you just got to have consistent production too this year. But at the end of the day, I think that, um, you're, you're going to be pleasantly surprised with that group. And I think they, they've done a wonderful job. Uh, trying to bolster that the talent and the depth at defensive line, uh, is, especially on the interior. Yeah, I got you on that one. Um, Dalton points out Durham and Mitchell in a picture, and I'm thinking Mitchell's going to be a lock as well in July when he does his announcement. I'm sold on the idea of him coming to play with Michael Hawkins. Um, yeah. 
his uh, Michael Hawkins Sr., you know, the uh, OU legacy, he he raves about the kid. And if I'm correct, Mitchell's dad came into town one time just randomly mm-hmm. and hung out, and they adored him as well. And so he'll reclassify, and I'm expecting him to also show up to campus. So great question, Dalton, around him. I think he's going to be a huge comp- contributor and be a part of it. Eric asked this question, which is good. We'll make the statement. Eric says that Hawkins will be the man out just because of timing. Sperry is a stud. Have y'all watched Sperry? Spin the ball. Spins it. Spins it. Yeah, I, I'm, (laughs) I'm, um, Michael Hawkins is junior. Dude, dude, he spins it too. By the way, athletic. He's very athletic, and he can spin it. I think Sperry's got him on this one, and I'm hoping Michael gets his chance to go out there and show out. Because I think he will, but that that's the one thing you run into in, in these scenarios when you bring in a quarterback every year is that every once yeah. in a while you're going to have one that's going to fall out. Now, I think Hawkins will probably that's get a fun. year of starting, but ooh, it's going to be tough. I think, Yeah, and I do too. And it's like I said earlier, I still feel like this is one of those situations where if you're getting these kids and you know that there's a lot of a lot of competition for them, some of them have to expect that they're not going to come in and start today. You know, it's just not going to happen. And look at, I mean, even Jackson. I mean, the guy goes to wins Elite 11. He's the best player in the state of Texas for two years in a row, basically. And you look, and he doesn't expect to come in and start over DG. You know, I mean, you have to kind of keep it. You got to keep things in perspective. Is that If it's really about the NFL for you, then bouncing around from school to school isn't really the best way to go about it, right? No, you right. can't really get a rhythm and all the rest of that stuff. Sometimes it will, but... Um, it's one of those things where you have to make a business decision. Do you um, sure. stay with the P5 or do you go to G5 or to somewhere that's right. a little bit smaller like FCS? Because thing is, as we already know, um, the NFL will find you. You just got to put yeah. the film out there for them to look at. The NFL will find you and they will put you in position. But it's all about your character as well with those moves. I, I mean, think when so you're too. Trying, yeah, when you're transferring or whatnot, um, you know, are you going to be a Jalen Hurts type of transfer where right. you know, you're or are you going to be JT Daniels where you're in four different schools in four years? You know uh-huh. what I mean? And I mean, yeah. did, did that help him get to the league? I don't think it's going to, you know what I mean? I just no, don't. he's still playing somewhere. I think I forgot what school he just transferred Rice. to. So. He just ended up there at Rice. He's at Rice. He went from <laughs> no USC way. to Georgia to West Virginia now yeah. to Rice. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, let's see what yeah. he does there. But um, frightening. What's good? Frightening. Yeah, my favorite folks from uh, Texas fan actually. That's uh, yeah, yeah. hangs out with us with Ty and him, and he he's asked cool, a man. very yeah. good question. Well, first off, he tells us that he's here. We don't need to ask our questions anymore, which is even more <laughs> hilarious. But uh, no, he questioned how many wins you guys got OU at asking as a Texas fan, obviously. So um, Vegas has the over under set for both Oklahoma and Texas at nine and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna keep it a buck with frightening. There's no excuse for OU and Texas to not meet each other in the, in the Big 12 championship. I agree. Yeah, you I see 10 wins out of both every year. Every year, I see I see a 10 win season out of both. There is no excuse for either one of them to not get 10 wins based upon the way the schedule is set up. I mean, Texas doesn't yeah. leave the state of Texas, but like what once? Um, yeah, Oklahoma twice, travels twice. Uh, that they that they have to go by plane to Cincinnati mm-hmm. and uh, BYU up in Provo, Utah. Outside mm-hmm. of that, it's five hour drive or less. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the Kansas trip, we'll say that's their third road game. The rest of the games are within three hours or less. They're all around town. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there's really no excuse for Oklahoma to not have a very, very, very good season, just like Texas. 
That's why I say that as an OU fan that oh, Texas yeah. better win 10 wins this season. Or and, I'm coming for I you, Frightening. I'm coming for you. It got backed up in there as, you know, at what point do you do you start worrying about whether or not, and I hate to call them the savior because I don't want to do that, but whether you call BB the savior or not, how many, how many wins does he have to have? Look, with this schedule, you better win eight. You better win eight without blinking an eye. You better win eight. And I have a hard time finding four losses for you in there. I can see four searching. teams that might beat you. <laughs> I can see four teams that could beat you. I don't see all four of them doing it. You yeah, know I looked I mean? at this so year's schedule. I have schedule. a hard time with that one. Right, but I, I think that nine really and, should be the yeah. bottom. To be The more I look at it, the more I'm like, man, nine better be the bottom here because of this schedule. And that's fair. That's probably the fairest thing I've heard uh, with that is I looked at the schedule and mm-hmm. honestly, if I was to have to give losses, it's BYU, Texas, and I am struggling Kansas, from there. Kansas, Kansas. I'm saying road games, basically. Yeah, and I think Kansas because he's that's the best quarterback in the in the league coming in. You know, he 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 really is. He oh, is God. up there at the top. He's yeah, so Jalen Daniels is absurdly good. Their defense <laughs> yeah. is still hot garbage, but he is absurdly good. Um, UCF has experience with uh, Gus Malzahn as the head coach and uh, the quarterback. So sure. that's something one, that's to think one. about. But that's it's a home a ga- game. It's and gadget plays. Gadget plays. You just got to stop the the jet sweep. Make sure that you are not uh, falling for all the misdirection that he's trying to come in there with. His offense is it's a. Uh, it's a, obviously it's a good offense. It's a championship winning uh, caliber offense, but at the same time, uh, the thing that you got to remember about that offense is it's 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 not necessarily trick plays. It's about timing and making sure they and, and letting things set up because that's that's how they get you with that offense. I saw Bo Picks run around with a chicken with his head cut off uh, so many times. You know that's something that I think is interesting as well. We have to talk about that another time. But they now give him a a, a round one grade uh nfl scouts are jalen jalen daniels no for both picks oh but that's another story it's neither here nor there no nine and three at the worst ten and two uh ten and two eleven and one at the best to be honest with you that's not me just saying that as um as as drinking the kool-aid as i did last year no that's we haven't been really wanting to drink this (laughs) kool-aid well no i'm just gonna say i'm struggling to that's me going there to to the spring game and actually looking at the caliber of athlete that you have, guys flying around, how you're looking on defense. You look better. You feel more – you look confident. And at the end of the day, like I said, uh, guys like Bothroy, uh, I think uh, RMT is going to have a great year as well. Um, you know, y- you're wanting to hear guys like Marcus Stripling. You're wanting to hear guys like that you know, come alive. You want to hear Key Lawrence, the guys who've been inconsistent, kind of injured, dinged up an awful lot. You want to hear more of those names, but you got guys out there and you have depth. It's just about getting, getting, uh, you know, getting that production. And that's what you need from that defensive line. This is a make or break year for guys like Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs, to be quite frank with you, because you got some guys right there behind you. You're not getting it done somebody else is going to get it done. And Fair. it's going to be one of those things where, um, and offensively, I think one one of the biggest things that, the two biggest things that you have to do for OU, honestly, to um, have a successful year this year is two things. One, got to get production out of defensive line. I know I just said that, and I've said it a thousand times already on this pie, but that is most important. That is That starts, that sets the tone for us. But number two, Tempo has to match the the pace, play, style, and 
um, um, vibe of the defense this year. Pace of the offense has to match that. We can't afford to go out there and, you know, they just scored on us. We're up by seven. And then we go out there and have a, you know, two, three and outs within 50 seconds. You no, know, that's fair. We can't, we can't do that. Sustain some drives, do things like that, because that's kind of where we kind of messed up last year. Levy, um, I don't know, Levy, BV, or whatever the case may be, but we're going out there. And, and I mean, it's, it's fast, 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 three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, nothing. And then we finally score. And we're like, man, we should have been doing that the entire game. Just punish them. What are we doing? We're getting cute with the ball. There's drops. There's all types of stuff happening. So I think that you have to marry that, the tempo of the game. You have to actually figure that out this year and and realize that, okay, hey, Levy, look, we just got this lead back. We were down by three. Now we're up by four. Let's, let's slow this down a little bit. Let's get our plays. If you see something, go ahead. Let's call that. But if not, we're fine. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Yeah. This is the dopest, one of the dopest pictures I've ever seen in my life. I want y'all to see this really quick. Um, brace yourselves, like gentlemen. Pictures. You ready for it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's your targets, guys, for the Oklahoma Sooners right now. Those are the defense alignment we're targeting. Look at them horns down, frightening truth. You got Stoney. <laughs> You've got Nigel Smith. You got Dominic McKinley. Look. Beast. Look at PJ. Look at PJ in that corner on the left in the black in the uh, on the left side of black shirt. Monster. He's huge. He's huge. He's a freshman. Bro, where's this picture? Uh, this is uh, this is today at on on the field. Yeah, it's on Twitter. Just popped it up on Twitter. Just just came up on my uh feed a second ago. Look how look how big PJ is. That's who he's playing. That's who everybody's gonna see next year. Mm-mm-mm. That's number nine Stoney. is Stone. Number nine is Stony. Yeah. Yeah. So, question number who's so number nine who's is Stone. Throwing the horns down. Then is that Caden? Who is that on that side? Which one? Ninety six on the right or ninety nine? The the one without the uniform on. Oh oh ooh is that uh is that Caden Green? Uh, it wouldn't I mean, be Caden Green, right? Because I mean, this is all defensive dudes. But maybe no, I don't think that's green. That's got to be well. I mean, that's a good question. Dude, he's Ross a big boy too. Well, I love all these. Might be Isaiah Cole. Heck, that is Isaiah Cole, isn't it? <laughs> it does look like Isaiah Cole. Now that you said but number that. nine is Stony. Uh, that's um Bothroyd right there. No, no, no. Um, that's that's Bothroyd in the middle, and that's tra- yep. that's board. And that's mm-hmm. Isaiah Otley right behind Steph, the seat. Yeah, yeah, Nigel's number two. Nigel's number yep, two. Nigel's number two. You're sitting at um, that's a, that's a McKinley. If I'm uh, yes, McKinley, Dominic McKinley. That's him. Ninety six. Uh, Ninety nine. Oh my gosh. Who is that? Oh my gosh. I know his face. That's the problem. I know his face. I can't think of his name for the life of me right now. Okay, I gotta I gotta pull up who's all in town. It's not JJ. Yes. There you go. It's JJ, yeah, Joseph, Jonah, JJ, JJ, yeah. Yep, that is him. That's why I was like, I know that face. I just can't think of the name for some weird reason. But yep, that's him. Wow, could you imagine? He's a big boy, man. Cool. (laughs) These guys are monsters. Like, like, could you imagine this? This is this is a this is an SCCD line that we are pushing for, and I'm gonna say I am hoping that something crazy happens and we land at least half. We need we need at least four of these dudes. 
because my goodness, Kenley looks like a monster. Tall Stoney looks like he's gonna eat somebody. He is, dude, and that's I, oh, I'm I'm excited about him. I'm excited about him. Tell oh me, yeah, Zena's out two, there. That's who number five is. Don't sleep on my boy there in the middle. Don't sleep on him. Number two, Zena Umazulu. I forgot about him. <laughs> he's in town. That Nigel Smith is one that I want as well. That's another big boy that I would like to see on the roster. Also, uh, sorry, y'all, I got to like just got excited just seeing these this picture go up. And I was like, wow, that's that is a nice looking that's a great photo, great photo of um, terrifying dudes that I would love to see. Um, <laughs> so hey, home. so would BV and Todd. Look at look at Bates sitting there like, if only, <laughs> if only I had them all. <laughs> <laughs> And basically just in there, just like, yep, I'm working on it. If I get them all, yeah, y'all can if I all get shut them, up. Oh, y'all can all, all right. shut up. <laughs> we got a couple more questions popping in here. We're going to jump out on and be done with. All right, now this is a good one. Freelance Society asked this question. Will they will they QB run with Jackson in the SEC? Does it seem like a good idea? Oh, yeah, he's going to run. Oh, yeah. There's no reason why you don't run him in the SEC. No different he's than you run he's other quarterbacks in the SEC. Um, he is definitely, yeah, he's a runner. He's he's a quarterback that has uh, that that's very. Um, I'm not even going to even say deceptive. Fast. He's fast. Like he he's he's very agile and he can get out there on the field. Yeah, you 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 run with him uh now it's gonna be a bunch of it probably not but look at our running back court though man you'll have javante barnes and gavin Sawchuk going in next season guaranteed because they you know this season's their sophomore year they have to be at least in college one more year so they'll have you have those two along with megwa i think tyler walker has another year he'll play his senior year will basically be next season uh megwa definitely as well he'll be a uh junior going into either redshirt sophomore junior going into that year um uh the 2024 you'll see uh then the running backs that we're going for this year yeah definitely there's no reason why you wouldn't run jackson Arnold. what y'all think on that yeah i think he's a runner man i think he's the kind of guy that's going to get out and play and he's just a gamer kind of quarterback so you're not going to be even if you want him to stick in the pocket he's not gonna it'd been like trying to tell baker not to it's just not gonna happen you know yeah it's true he's a, this kind of player he is and and you know what when I think the best thing you can do as a coach, those offensive coordinator guys, you don't try to stick square pegs in round holes. You just don't do it. Let them do what they're good at, you know. And that's what one of the things that I thought because I'm not a big Jay, uh, a big Jalen Hurts guy, just not as far as his throwing the football. He's just not one of those dudes. But the guys that are smart and that get the most out of him are the guys like how Lincoln did when he was here. And what they did this year in Philly, where they don't make him throw in between passes where you got to be ultra, ultra accurate. It's either 10 yards or it's 50 and you throw it and they go out and run underneath it. Right. This is the kind I mean, you've got all these different types of of coaches and they have their own ways of doing things. But I'm telling you, the best that you're going to get out of some of these quarterbacks is that dude. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Zoom asking like is bro Smith is six five two forty seven and Stone is six four. Why does Stone look six six and Smith look six three? I think it's angle. I think it's just the angle of where they're standing. I think, yeah, I was going to say it's the that. depth of the picture, bro. One yeah, it's the depth of back. the picture. But yeah, yeah. I yeah because he's a monster, yeah. man. Yeah, he's a monster though. Mm-hmm. They are. But I mean, look at PJ over there. Good God, PJ. Yeah, those arms PJ. are. He's got him. He's got him part of the way up, and he, they're still almost to his knees. Dude's got some wings, bro. <laughs> 
Javon Curse. That's all I've said it from jump the minute I saw him. Javon Curse. He is the freak. That is what I see out of him uh, going in here at edge for us. Okay. A um, couple more. And we'll wrap things up and let y'all have the rest of y'all's night. Uh, Aranda, a bust at Baylor, or does he just need to move to a place that would give him money for players? I don't know if Aranda's really a bust. Uh, Baylor's not easy, even though Matt Rule figured it out. I do think that uh, Aranda's problem has been quarterback. I mean, he's gone through a couple of them. Definitely. He's let one transfer he shouldn't have. I'll me. tell you what Coach thinks, though. Coach Royball, he, he says it, he, he thinks something's wrong. He thinks something is wrong oh, in that wow. program right there. So, he, And he's from the Metroplex, and he just said there's just something about it that he sees that is sitting right. Now, listen, I don't know. I don't know. I think that Aranda knows what he's doing. I think he was a great coordinator, but I don't know that he – he's a little odd if you think about him. You know what I mean? And, and not that that's necessarily a, a terrible thing, but, you know, you don't hear him – espousing a lot of what he believes about the football game, you know, or what he thinks about this or that. And some of the stuff that you've, I've heard from even like guys on 365 sports is that you just don't get a real interview out of him. You don't really know what he's thinking all the time. Sometimes that could be a little weird for players, right? You know what I mean? It's (laughs) because they're not as deep as some, you know, reporters or journalists might be. They just want a ball. (laughs) They don't care about, you know, the revolutionary war that doesn't matter to him. And he'll talk about weird stuff like that. And so I don't know. I, 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 I'm, this is what I have to say about that. I think Aranda's fine. I think that, you know, obviously he's not going to give you clips. He's not going to do the whole presser or whatnot. That's just not who he is. Yeah. It's telling that you see a lot of staff movement with him. He, I mean, he's, he's quick to try to get it right. He's quick to try to make decisions or whatnot, not on the impulse, but just he's methodical with, with his approach to the game. But I could tell you this right here. No, no he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. No matter what he's thinking, no matter what, you know, you got to play all 60 minutes to beat them. You know, you got to go out there. And play yeah, every, Oklahoma every, had beaten every, them the last two years, so I'm yeah. not saying nothing bad about him. I'm just saying I, I think that there is something obviously going on there, it and, may, I, and it could be as easy as the quarterback. It could, it, but honestly, defensively, they didn't look that good last year either. And they still had Siaka Ekum. I still don't get that Air Force game, but here's what I had to say, and here's what I had to say. Talk to me in 2024, whenever as uh, uh, OU and, and uh, Texas are out of of the Big 12. Talk to me then, because. That's going to be a really interesting conference, then because it's going to be so wide open. I mean, truly wide open. Yeah, does he take them to the forefront like he should? Uh-huh. If you're, if I mean, you're, you know, yeah. if you're that guy, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, guys, that's a fair, like, that's a fair ask. Uh, Gundy should run the Big 12, to be honest with you. Gundy should have, he should run the Big 12 after he should have won. But, bro, he should have won a freaking conference championship or three in the amount of time since 10 years gone by with with this league looking like it has. There's no excuse. I know, but at the same time, I'm just going to say that. Hey, real quick, I want to – I'm going to call him Fertening. You know, that's why I'm going to start calling him Fertening. Fertening? Yeah, until he can start, you know, spelling it right. Look, chill, Mm -hmm. man. Chill in the comments. He's, he's, trying, talker, bro. he's trying to troll the day, <laughs> talking about recruiting classes, all the rest of that stuff, bro. We know that you guys have won your fourth straight off-season national championship. Yes, <laughs> yes, we. <laughs> you guys are amazing. You guys are doing God's gr- work. You're God's greatest team on the planet, bro. You know what I'm saying? This is amazing. Okay. Wait until football starts, and then y'all see Quinn Ewers is a bum. All right, that's all I gotta say. Oh, 
But they do let's have. Stop, they let's do stop have... with all this nonsense, man. Offensive line is going to be better, and 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 uh, uh, Jonathan Brooks is going to be better than uh, than than. Um, gosh, uh, B. John Robinson. Like, come on, man. Let's stop. Come on, man. Wait, 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 wait. Did I hear somebody's gonna be better than B. John Robinson? Because that that ain't no, that. Ain't that's no not. That's not. I, <laughs> I love you, Frightening. You my boy, and I you enjoy your entire stream. You? And I love when you pull up with us too, man. I ain't. I ain't betting on no. Bijan is a generational talent. I. I'm just trying to find another running back. It's gonna be anything like him. That's what mm. you haven't had. You haven't had anybody like Bijan since maybe Jamal Charles. I mean, between that, Ricky Williams, maybe Cedric Benson in his day, but that's. I mean. Ricky Cedric, mm-hmm. Jamal Charles, yeah. and Jamal. Then, Ricky Cedric, yeah. Jamal, and this guy, and, and then, then Bijan. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Now I will say, I've, and you've heard me say this before, Frightening. You said I've heard this on said this on Ty's streams before too. Is Texas is consistent about getting some elite running backs, like elite, elite, top tier, elite, elite running backs. Um, Oklahoma always gets some really good running backs too that actually last in the NFL as well. So. I expect y'all to have another running back. I just don't expect nobody to be another uh, B. John Robinson for a few more years. Now, we'll see what Baxter looks like, which I am very high on Cedric Baxter, by the way. I don't think he's B. John. I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's B. John. I think, see, I think Baxter's going to be good, too. And, look, they're going to run the ball well. That's that's one of the things that Sark has done, made sure that he's going to shore up that offensive line. You know, that if when they put the NIL collector together, it was for the, the O-line, right? Yeah. You know, they're getting all those guys are smart. It still doesn't mean that the dude can make an adjustment after halftime. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all funny. Y'all funny. All right. Now, this is a legitimate question, writing asking us, is what grade in the NFL do you expect for Dylan Gabriel? I'll be honest. I think DG, if he puts up a 4,000-yard season, he gets a uh, he gets a probably a third or fourth round grade. And I only say that because of his height. That's going to be the thing that's going to hurt him uh, the most. Um, you know, that was one struggle they had with Baker, and then the Browns side, screw it, they're going to go take him anyway. Kyler's still under six feet, but he's probably one of the greatest athletes to ever play at Texas football history. Go look it up. Every Just about everybody that's ever watched him play says that about him. That's how talented he was in the Texas area. Um I don't. I, I think his height may slow down the 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 great may shorten the great unless unless he shows just constant accuracy this season and uh, he puts up over four thousand yards. I can give him third or fourth round. I don't see him being a first round uh, great. What you what y'all think? Um, I give. I, I'm I'm gonna say fifth round at best. I I, I just and that's not me trying to. Could be a hater, whatever. bro. Come on. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just saying, man, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this class, man, that that people, you know, have their eyes on. And not all oh, of them. Oh, there's so many. I don't know. You're right about that. All of them are going to go in the first round either, right? So I answered it in there, though, and I said I think that he's a third, fourth round guy more than likely. Yeah. Even if he were to win the Heisman, probably not better than second round. I just don't think that that's – his build isn't really set up for that. And it's not like he has the huge arm. Or that right. you know that he just wows you with anything. That, I mean, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good college football coach. A good college football player. Somebody said he was going to be a good coach. That's why I'm must have Freudian that one out there. Uh, <laughs> and hey, look, maybe that's what it is. I, I think that I think more than likely he's yeah he goes unless he gets a chance and just 
sets the world on fire in the league. You probably don't see a whole lot of DG after college. But that's I mean, not that that's a terrible thing. He's a good he's a good college football quarterback, though. And I think that he can lead this team to a Big 12 championship. And and even, you know, there's a possibility if you win the Big 12 that you might get into the playoff. Now, obviously, you can't have more than one loss, but yeah, you know, you know, that's it. Yeah. And and I, I think the same thing, James. You know, fourth, fifth, he could. Um, but if he puts up some numbers, could be a different yeah. story. Could be a different you gotta story. You got to move him out of the that. pocket in order for that to not be a problem, his height, right? Right. I mean, Drew Brees, that was the biggest knock on him. And what they did was they had the timing routes go so fast that he had to worry about really at the look. Uh, I appreciate it. Cody, thanks a bunch, man. Yeah. Got to, you know. Have a show some uh, Father's Day love for the world because it I was is gonna Father's Day. That. that is a great Day. shirt, bro. Great shirt. <laughs> He's got this from me a few years ago, and so it's definitely right. a staple for Father's Day. Now, there was one question in here before we get ready to let everybody have the rest of their evening back that I wanted to point out. Uh, that's funny. I don't care what you think. That's what. That's why uh, around the table sports respects me. Ask him. I mean, I don't disagree with you there. Um, we respect you, bro. We're just giving you shit. Come on. Yeah. You know, you're family, man. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, man. Relax, we bro. are We're just giving uh, you a hard time. We like you, yeah. Ferdinand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we literally, yeah, you're, you're one of our favorites because you are legit. You you know what you're talking about. And we just like to, you know, give you crap just because you're family. You've hit the family status, my boy. That's why you're going to hear uh, a lot on that. There was one other comment that I recently saw that I really wanted to see. Um, oh yeah, Fatty was asking about Colorado in the Big 12. Bro, hey, look, this is what I have to say, okay? This is what, you know, hey, uh, PG, Jay, love all the content that y'all did on, on, on uh, Colorado. But at some point I was thinking, I was like, man, y'all got to realize he may not be coaching in the next few years because that foot is still out there. And... That is a scary thing for him. He's man. about to I, lose that whole thing. I yeah, think. I, yeah, I, I just saw uh, he. Yeah, he led everybody behind the scenes to his uh, doctor's appointment, yeah. and the video talked about how he he probably is going to lose his foot. Yeah, and I mean oh. that's the whole thing. I mean, is he still coaching? He's going to have to take time away to recruit from that, and then God bless, he doesn't have the the same issues that he had last time after the surgery or whatever that he had on on his foot or whatnot. Like we all love Coach Prime, and we want to see Coach Prime succeed. I want to see him revitalize that that Colorado program and then sell off to this in the sunset to Florida State. But with that foot, I mean that's just that's something that is just that's just different, man. Yeah, it well well. So for those that need context around Coach Prime, he two of his left toes are amputated uh, already because um, because of a bad a poor butt flow to that to that foot, and so he had two of those toes amputated. And so because of that, um, now he's still having blood flow issues to that foot. And there's a chance that they're going to have to cut the cut the foot off. Now, based upon what he said, um, he is he's potentially looking to do it this summer. That way he can uh, be back before the season starts. I don't know how you get back. Well, I mean, I guess it's possible. I mean, he's just going to have to ride a scooter, in which he, he was riding a scooter before when he was at Jackson State. So it's not like that's something out of the realm of possibility, right? Uh, but it is going to be an awkward situation, especially with recruiting. He's not going to be um, here on that part. So, anywho. Um, 
bro. Don't get so upset. Truth, relax. <laughs> We're just messing with you. <laughs> Poor guy. I ain't saying you got drugged. Poor Brighton, guy. I said Brighton that he truth. got drugged. I said that he you got drugged got, by the got. OU guys because on our shows, <laughs> on our shows, it's heavy OU. Heavy, heavy OU. We know this, right? So you're gonna get right, nah, you're I'm gonna get jacked. Come you, on, you don't get mad. Hey, but um, I was, gonna say, you, oh, I was just gonna say to your point, where Colorado comes to the to the Big Twelve. I mean, I, I think that's definitely something that's gonna happen. I definitely think that. Uh, I don't believe in my wildest imagination that San Diego State. I think I think it's all gonna happen together. I think San Diego State gave their res, their resignation. Excuse me, they gave their papers. To the, to the uh, Mountain West, yeah, the Mountain West, simply yeah. because they know something is is about something big is about to happen, and I think that is, um, yeah, that kind of screwed of, them up too. Yeah, I think, a, I think a bunch of Pac-12 teams are about to exit and go to the Big Twelve, uh, to the Big Twelve. And I think it's just more than Colorado and some of the other teams that you've heard. I think that you can see possible move for a lot of other teams as well. Real quick, yeah. Uh, F is for fanatics in there. The uh, the professor he's talking about LeBlanc in here. We hadn't really discussed that. What are you guys hearing about that too? Because this just it seemed like kind of a weird a weird move on his part, right? It just didn't didn't feel like he wanted to compete there. Or is that what it was, or is it based is upon? He, well, he, he, he put out a statement. Early? He put out a statement on it, and he stated that um, something with family, and he needed to be closer to home, and so. He's back in Florida, and so um, his dad didn't really give much indication of anything. Shout out to Ricardo. Yeah, his dad He's was real cool, loving. man, right? He's yeah. always been great. I'm curious yeah. to what – what which if anything, I'm curious what transpires. I'm wondering where he ends yeah. up playing ball at in the fall because he's going to go play somewhere. He's he's talented enough to do that. At UCF? Um, uh, I mean, he could end is up at That's UCF the area he's from, up, isn't it? LeBlanc, he's from Tampa, right? Yeah. He's from Kiss, uh, Kiss, uh, Kissimmee. Kissimmee. So, Kissimmee. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's probably is yeah closer there. I don't know the Florida map, right? I, yeah. So, well, UCF uh, Professor, you tell Tampa, us where. So, I think Kissimmee's right in that area, but I'm not positive. Yeah, Kissimmee's in Florida. Positive. I just don't know what what part of Florida right. he's at. Um, yeah. but I, I heard that there's probably some sickness with family. Could be mom, not um. Not uh, not doing well. And you're right, Cody. He could, you know, Professor. He could end up at Florida. He could. He could. You know, um, that might be a good thing. You know, just being there. But I digress on that. I, I don't. I'm not sure. There, nothing has been fully It'll put make out. Cody no. happy if that's the case. Of course. <laughs> of course. Excited, I mean, he's gonna be excited, excited, man. He's gonna. He, be he, player, he's, man. he got something long term, man. I, I was looking forward to him being in there. Um, and and oh, this is interesting, Kim. I did not know this. So of course, bringing in John Terry, who's probably moved up in the ladder because he's already 300 and he's been playing SEC ball. There's a good chance that, um, ah, steel. Thank you for that. Kiss me is in the Orlando area. So right there by, uh, uh UCF. UCF. Yeah. And so, um, he dropped in the depth chart. His dad tried to get him to stay. It's interesting. Um, well, I did hear that he wanted to start and, uh, it's one of those you got to earn in this system and Venable's, rarely starts a freshman if you can avoid it because you're gonna get freshman mistakes uh mm-hmm. now luckily i'd say this a defensive line unless you don't hustle hard every play i don't really see what mistakes you would make as a defensive lineman but right um 
yeah, I think that he's going to end up um, – he'll, he'll probably end up at Florida, UCF, just so he can be close. Most likely UCF since that's probably the closest to his house if that's in the Orlando area. Um, the Twitter experts. <laughs> oh, and and oh, really? Off the field issues? I don't know that. I haven't heard anything on that one. I'm gonna have to do some Twitter Googling. experts. Are, Twitter experts are awesome, aren't they? Hey, you never know, man. Some people got a got a plug enough of a plug to to let you know something that you didn't know. So we'll mm-hmm. look it up and find out. But we've gone about an hour and a half. Wanted to do this an hour, but uh, I'm glad you all stuck around with us. We've got a. Got uh, over 100 folks here watching us. We've got about 55 likes. Hit that like button as well. Subscribe to all the channels. Jason, go ahead and let the people know where to find you. You can find me at CFB-Pod on YouTube and also at HOFmedia.us. That's our website. You can catch all of our stuff from there as well. And at BirdieManDub on Twitter. Hey, guys. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there for sure, for sure. At Horns Down Pie, you can find us on Twitter, YouTube. Um, obviously, Chris with a K. Follow me on uh, on Twitter, and then uh, also, like I said, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. And then also, you can find us at this new uh, place. This uh, is called the Real Estate and Frightening Truths uh, Mine that I just purchased. So, <laughs> if you want to find me anywhere? You can definitely find me there. Okay, hey, Horns Down, baby. Oh, yeah. There y'all go. Here you go. And. Y'all here on Unfair Sports, or for those that on the Hall of Fame medias, go ahead and subscribe here. Thank y'all for pulling up here to Unfair Sports. We appreciate y'all as usual. Hit that like, subscribe, bell notification, and join the family. Happy Father's Day to the pops that all joined us to come hang out. Happy Father's Day, And if you're listening to the audio version of this, please rate, review, give us five stars. You think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway. And with that, we will chop it up with y'all, I don't know, in a few days. Horns down on them. Peace. Thank you.